Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. And Taylor has a question in Los Angeles. Hi, Taylor. My question is about rolling over my 401k to my IRA. And provides unbiased answers. I wouldn't worry about it too much because you're so young. Um, yeah, the market might be a little pricey in certain sectors, but other sectors are not. Invest Talk. Over 32 million downloads and counting. Hey, Stephen Justin, Chuck from Clayton. I purchased IEC Electronics. What are your thoughts on that? Love the show. You listen to your answer on the podcast. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-SHARK. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial, independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, August 13th, 2021. And in case you didn't notice, it's Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. Do you know where that came from? It's an interesting story how the superstition of Friday the 13th came about. It has had uh, a lot to do with the death of the Templars in I don't know what year, in the medieval times, and many of them died on that day. So I hope you're not suspicious or superstitious, I mean, uh, because I know I'm not. <laughs> I don't think it means anything. And, uh, you know, as you know, we're now, what, uh, 13 days into August, about halfway through uh, the month, um, getting moving past the summer here. We're still, we're, we're past the middle of the summer now. But the market is still not doing very good. I just think it's going to, it, 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 it's waiting. I think it's waiting with, you know, anticipation or dread of what's going to happen with the COVID thing, the next COVID variant, what that might do to the economy. So far, it's not done very much, but I think the market is kind of waiting. Investors are waiting for that to see what, what's going to happen. And we'll know within a month or two what that means. So, and as you know, we on this podcast and radio show, we have our same mission statement, independent thinking and shared success. And, of course, we t- we're trying to assure you with that mission statement of our uh, honesty. We want to be as honest as we can be and Try not to give you any false information and to provide you with what you really want. And that's most people want the same thing. They want people to just tell them the truth. Just don't, don't, you know, don't, don't try to talk me into anything. Don't try to sell me something. And we won't be doing that. Okay. This show is all about education, trying to get everybody knowledgeable enough. Well, maybe you may not want to manage your own money, but you need to know what your person that is managing your money, what your mutual funds and stocks are doing, why they're doing what they're doing. And this show will help with that. I'm not, and we're not going to give you all the answers because there is no you know, magic bullet answer. This, this always happens. Now, the market's very fluid. It's very difficult. It has its own language, a language that is difficult to learn and interpret. It is difficult, but it can be done. I'm Steve Peasley. I encourage you to contact me with your financial and investment questions, anything financial, insurance, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs. I'll talk about real estate. I've owned many pieces of real estate over my life, maybe we and rental properties. You know, whatever you want to talk about financial, we'll talk about. Okay? 
So uh, give me a call. I want you to give me a call. In fact, you can call right now. You can call right now. We're live, 4 to 5 Pacific Time, Monday through Friday. And you can leave your questions anytime after that, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, at the same number, 888-99-CHART. So let's get right to it. Let's go to the first listener line question. Hi, this is George from Washington, and I'm considering to take a position in uh, between Micron and uh, AMD. On one hand, both of them have a growth potential. The financial looks better for uh, AMD, but the question how much of business is going to take from Intel. Micron, uh, it's kind of going sideways for a while, but there's uh, expectations of growth in the memory demand probably by almost up 50% next year, so there's a potential for growth next year. What do you believe will be better start position between those two companies? Thank you. Well, it's very difficult to analyze them side by side uh, on a radio show. You know, it's just very, very difficult to do that. Um, if you're going to ask me which one I like better, it'd probably be Micron Technologies, who's pulling back a little bit. Micron makes DRAM and flash memory type sensors and chips for computers, servers, and consumer electronics. Uh, sales growth uh, increased to 36% the most recent quarter. It was 30% the quarter before that, 12% before that, 24% that. You know, So it's been growing steadily. Earnings are going to go up 111% in 2021 to $5.97, and then next year to $11.56, and it's a $70.92 stock. Okay, so we're looking at a pretty fair price. Whereas you look at AMD, the, they're going to make three hundred two, and it's a hundred and ten dollars stock. That's pretty darn pricey, but they have higher sales growth right now. I, I'm, 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 I'm on the Micron side. If you're going to make me pick one, I pick Micron Technology. That's what I would do. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. My focus point today concerns this question: Is lump sum investing better? A better option? The dollar cost averaging. Now, this has been debated over and over and over and over over time, and I think you'll be surprised by the answer. There's been new research about this. It, uh, it looked at a rolling 10-year period of a million dollars invested in stocks since 1950. Other topics that I want to talk about. I would really like to get to the number one reason that people are not saving for retirement. This is, the, this is the people themselves answering the survey, why I don't save for retirement. Uh, and I also, I want to talk about the FTC, which is the Federal Trade Commission, uh, and the head of the FTC, what she said about antitrust enforcement. Hmm. I think that was interesting, too. And what do you think the average net worth by age in America is? And I'm talking about your 20s and your 20s, what's the average and median, and your 30s and your 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. How much, how much money do you think people are? Net worth now, that's not just cash. That's your house minus your mortgage. And this is all assets minus all debts, net worth. I think uh, I, I just think it's interesting to share. Those are things we're going to talk about, but of course, your questions come first. The market was up today, a big whopping 16 points on the Dow, and a huge whopping 7 points on the NASDAQ, and 7 points on the S&P 500. Much to do about nothing. This week has been much to do about nothing. Nothing really happening with the market. 
And the, as I said at the beginning, it's moving. And I think it's everybody's waiting for something, anything, something. And I think it's COVID that's causing some hesitation out there. Okay. Um, let's see. What else do we want to talk about? Uh, Fridays are so packed usually, you know, so we made a few programming decisions this year. So this this for, for going forward. We're probably not going to have my trivia question. Uh, uh, but we'll have it every day. Don't get, don't get wrong. We'll do it every day except for Fridays. Because I got a lot, you know, I share uh, some economic numbers and, you know, some basic things and it just eats into the time. But we'll share a lot of highlights from the premium newsletter. We'll continue to do that. And I will have that too. So we are headed to a quick break. I'm here and ready to take your questions. Give me a call. 888-99-CHART. Summer's moving fast, and you can't afford to lose focus. So have your finance and investment questions ready and call Steve Peasley now. Invest Talk. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. That's our number. We're live. You can give me a call and ask any financial questions you want. And Taylor has a question in Los Angeles. Hi, Taylor. Hi, how's it going? Good. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. My question is about rolling over my 401k to my IRAs. Um, I'm in my 20s, and I'm wondering, since I'm getting a cash disbursement, my IRA, should I worry about current prices right now when buying into new stocks, or is my time horizon just too far that it doesn't matter about finding good buying opportunities? Yeah, I, I wouldn't worry about it too much because you're so young. Um, yeah, the market might be a little pricey in certain sectors, but other sectors are not. I mean, there, there are places that you can put it that are not over. Uh, but I think time in the market is much more important than trying to time the market. You can't time the market. So, you know, if we were on the cusp of a recession, I might suggest, well, why don't you just wait till the recession happens then put all the money in, you know, at the, at the recession because stock market tanks on a recession. But we're not on the cusp of a recession. It's not going to happen for a little while. So I, I'm thinking that you want to put the money in. I don't think you should wait. I really don't. Okay? Thanks for the call. appreciate it. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, I did, at the halfway mark with the – we we I do have our main talking point. It concerns this issue, so hopefully we'll get to it before long, which helps answer that same question. Um, let's see, and that remember my my it's, is the focus point. My friend, why don't we do it now? Since he brought it up, why don't I bring it up? Uh, okay, so the the focus point is here: why lump sum investing is a better option than dollar cost averaging. So what they did there was the research. Uh, project, 10-year uh, returns on a $1 million investing started in, in 1950. So every 10 years, they measured the returns. And then they they put in a lump sum, uh, and they dollar-cost average it one way and put in a lump sum in another way of the investing. So which one turned out best? And it was the lump sum besting, putting it all at one time. Now, you know, that what they said was that uh, about, let's see, dollar cost average 75% of the time beat uh, 
Um, let me rephrase that. The return on lump sum investing outperformed dollar cost average investing 70%, 75% of the time. That's what the study showed. Okay? For a portfolio composed of 60% stocks and 40% bonds, the outperformance rate was 80%. So a, 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 a mixed portfolio of bonds and stocks, it was even better. Now, how much, though, did it outperform? That would be more important, right? Okay, the average outperformance of lump sum investing versus all equity portfolio, for an all equity portfolio, was 15%. Okay, so this study showed that situation. But I've seen other studies show that there's not much difference. And probably because they went from 1950 to 1960, then from 1960 to 1970, from 1970, 1980, you know, to every 10 years. And if you do it that way, you know, you might be picking up, you know, picking up investing stocks at the very bottom of a market, 100% of your investment dollars all at the bottom of the market several times. Where if you did it maybe in 1953, when you are 50, uh, 1961 or 1969, you know what I mean? So, so ten, you're picking the time period, even though they just did it every 10 years, could make a major difference in how the returns are. But overall, it said lump sum investing outperformed due in their study. So I think we take it as it is. You take for what they say. Okay. On Fridays, I generally uh, make time to go down a, a, a quick rundown on some of the economic numbers, the benchmark numbers that are out there. The two-year Treasury yield was 0.217%, 0.21%, okay? And last week it was 0.212, so not much difference. Two weeks ago it was uh, 0.188, which is, so it's much, it's, it's providing better returns. Bond values went up, so bond um, interest rate went up, so bond values went down. The 10-year Treasury yield, 1.29%. Last week, it was 1.3%. So the bond yield went down. Okay? So the bond value went up. Got to get that in your head, how that works, okay? Silver today, $23.65. Last week, it was $24.33. Gold, 6 uh, was pretty flat. Oil, $68 a barrel, was 62 So, you know, so that's how it works. You know, that, those are some of the numbers, anyways. Uh, you are listening to Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and it's important to remember that during times of market uncertainty, the task of building our financial freedom must continue. You cannot afford to backslide. We should talk about that. Your participation is welcome and important to the show, so give me a call, 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. It's Friday, and the COVID-19 pandemic has caused financial disruptions around the world. But you've got an asset portfolio to protect and grow, so you'll have finance and investment questions. Steve Peasley is here, and he's taking your calls live. Call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. Hi, this is Duncan from New York. Thank you again for everything that you do. Quick question would be on an ETF called Healthy Hearts. Symbol is H 
A-R-T. The reason why I am looking into this ETF is because, well, I'm actually a personal trainer, and I feel like the mission of this ETF, which focuses on overall health, I believe in obviously getting people healthier. So not only do I believe the mission, I just have a couple of questions about what you guys think of it. The net expense ratio from Fidelity.com says it's about 45%. It also says some of its holdings would be Nike, Apple, Google, which are some pretty good companies too. And it seems like that this ETF was only created about like a year ago. And I also did a little bit more research. It also says that it also donates a little bit of its management fees to the Heart Association too. So I believe in the mission. I feel like it also has some good you know, ratios of the good stocks in it too. Just wanted to know your two cents and what would be a good buy point. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Okay, it's a fairly new company. It's, it's not. It came out, I think, in uh, just January. Yeah, January this year. So it's really a new ETF. H A R T is a symbol. Exchange traded funds seeking performance results corresponding to the IQ Candrium Healthy Hearts Index. See, as you you were you were rightly pointing out, what is it holding? What is the whole? It says healthy hearts index. Well, what you need to get the perspective, and I don't know. It's really too new to really know if it's good or bad, uh, depending on what they're holdings. And it had very little volume. It traded only 800 shares this whole week. So there's not much trading going on, and it's brand new, so you don't have a lot of history. So... If you believe in their mission and their perspective, like you say you do, well, go ahead and put a little money in it. But don't put a lot of money in it until we know some more. We we need a lot more history on this thing. You know, uh, ETFs are trying to slice, uh, slice and dice the market in any teeny tiny bits all over the place. And this is an example of it. Uh, doesn't mean it's wrong or it's bad. Just know that it, as these things get more and more focused in the certain area, they may not perform very well, or their performance is going to be very unpredictable. So you got to be very careful, I think. Okay? 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay. Uh, the FTC head said that antitrust enforcers should more frequently block merger and acquisition acquisitions rather than just fixing them and then approving them. Now, she is a Lena Khan. So she is saying the FTC, which enforces or doesn't enforce the antitrust laws of the country, says that we need to stop passing these and tell them to sell this asset or that asset and fix this and don't do that, and then they'll say, okay, we bless this acquisition. In other words, he's saying we're concentrating too many companies together. That's not very competitive. We're destroying competition. This is, I'm taking what she says and extrapolating what she means because she wants deals, merchant acquisitions to be say no. Okay, no. You're, you're concentrating too much uh, tech in one company. Probably many of us could agree on concentrating that tech and certain companies that we all know about, but there is a big uh, 
deal going on in the aerospace industry where there's, you know, I think it was Lockheed Martin buying a competitor. And so reducing, there's not that many competitors out there. And I think that's what this is pointed at. We'll see when they, they come out with that decision. So maybe she's going to get tougher on merger, mergers and acquisition. Maybe that, we'll see. Um, and I, I think it's over, I think we should, I think it should be done. And I'm a free market guy, don't get me wrong, I am. But we have gone, swung the pendulum too far the other way where he, these deals get done and taken away competition. And we know that's true. I mean, you and I see it. If you if you're, pay attention to the news any at all, you know it's true, especially if you're in this business. It's true. Okay, here's an iTunes review question. Um, uh, while it's worth 73. I've been listening to Invest Talk for years now, and the insight, guidance, and education given by Steve and Justin Daly is truly exceptional. Question I have a small position in Clorox, CLX, with the recent negative earnings report from them. I've taken 9.6% loss on my position. Should I cut my losses and sell, buy, or hold? Okay, CLX. You hold it. Okay, CLX is a type of stock. You know, manufacturers, clean products and stuff is a $20 billion company. It's a kind of stock that you're really buying it for the dividend of 2.8%, not for the growth. It doesn't grow. So the stock will fluctuate. The price will fluctuate. Uh, the five-year low of the P is 19. Right now is 22. And earnings are going to go down this year and then back up next year. So that you buy you buy this stock long-term hold. That's, it's a blue-chip company with its hold. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. For investors, the need to remain vigilant is never ending, and we still need to do it every day. 888 99Chart. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture. I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value. So your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com slash today. 
At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced? Or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief risk alize quiz. 888-99 chart. Let's talk to Edgar in San Diego. Edgar. Hi, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Um, I've been holding uh, ExxonMobil for a while. I got into it a little below 50s. And I was wondering what the chart tells us about going forward. Okay. ExxonMobil, everybody probably has heard of it. They know all about ExxonMobil. It's a $240 billion company engaged in exploration, production, transportation, sale of crude oil and natural gas worldwide. I believe it's the largest natural gas producer in the United States, but I'm not positive about that. Uh, they, they lost 33 cents a share last year, COVID year. They're going to make $4.26 this year and $4.87 next year. Sales growth the most recent quarter went up 108%. Before that, it was only up 5 And the quarters before that, it was shrinking. So sales have gone up because the price of crude oil has gone up. Not that they're selling less product necessarily. It's dependent a lot on the price. So anyways, uh, they pay a 6.1% dividend, and that is the reason why you own this stock, because you don't own it for growth. It's too big. It's not going to grow much. Cash flow is huge at $10.54 per share. So the dividend is very secure. So I... I, I, we own this in our managed account, so I, I'm holding on to it because I want the dividend. I not, I'm not saying I'd hold on to it forever with the advent electric cars over the next few years, but uh, a couple of weeks ago, I told you how many electric cars there are out there, uh, and what, 2% of the entire fleet of the United States, and then I told you how big the fleet was 
uh, that's all burning, you know, gasoline, and it's going to be take years and years and years before we can build enough electric cars to take take the place of all those gasoline cars. So I'm not too worried about it for a while, but I like the dividend, and I'm still going to hold on to it. And Edgar, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. The KVP Premium Newsletter was distributed today to subscribers. And the market condition section, which is the front section, the first section, uh, economic data points are released each week, and they are essential for those of us who want to make a sense of the economy. However, inflation and employment should be your key focus since they constitute the Federal Reserve's dual mandate. So remember, we're, we always want to know what the Federal Reserve is doing because they push prices of stocks up and down based on what they're doing. Okay? Because everybody's watching them. The Federal, Reserve, Federal Open Market Committee, FOMC, expects to maintain its accommodative stance until further substantial progress towards the employment inflation goals has been achieved. Term, what they're doing is they're letting inflation run, and they want to see employment return like back was normal before COVID hit. So it's got a ways to do that before they even think about doing something. Then I mentioned what they might do. What is it that's going to do first? And I talked about that a little bit. Um, and I also mentioned this week's big news was CPI and PPI numbers, which is the inflation numbers, which I talked about on this radio show during the time during when they were reported. So inflation is still elevated, but maybe calming down a little bit, but still elevated twice what it was pre-COVID. So it's still high. So you're just going to have to, and I suggest you just stay with the market because there's really nothing else you should do, really. Under the portfolio management section in the newsletter, one of the key elements to understand is the economic trajectory. Those most important economic indicators to track are the leading economic indicators. Remember, there's leading economic indicators and there's lagging economic indicators. So what are the leading economic indicators? Well, I gave you the Philly Fed Index and what they look at on the leading economic indicators. Okay, state-level housing permits, um, state initial unemployment insurance claims, uh, delivery times from the Institute of Supply Management, delivery times of products, ISM, uh, and so on. Those are other things that, that are there. So those are the things that I, that I was talking about in those first two sections of the newsletter. Stock ideas. I talked about a company that owns and operates a cloud-based real estate brokerage services for the residential real estate market. Cloud-based. Maybe that's where the future is. But I also, at the same time, suggested that we pass the peak on real estate. But I still like this company. I also mentioned a company that operates over 1,400 discount stores in 47 states. They offer brand name, closeout, products. Can you think of what that company is? Of course, I named the names in the newsletter. Finally, in the Consumer Watch section, I talked about the homeowner's policy, home insurance. Almost all homeowners have insurance, okay, that provides coverage for the damage to the house and coverage for the protection of their personal property inside the house. But, and of course, also coverage for detached garage, so 
But every policy has limits, exclusions, and restrictions. Do you know what they are? For instance, I'll give you a for instance. Do you think uh, cash is covered under your policy? Let's say you decide to put you know, $10,000 of cash under your mattress, and the mattress burns. The fire is covered under homeless policy. But is the cash covered? See, the, those are the kinds of things that you really should learn and know what your policy covers. There are restrictions. Cash, there's restrictions on cash. Do you know if you, you know, all these riots we're seeing across the country and all these states in the last year or so, all those riots and all those fires caused by their riots, none of that is covered by insurance? None of it. Because almost all policies exclude war, riot, and resurrection. Any damage caused by war, riots, or resurrection is excluded. Did you know that? That's in your homeowner's policy. So someone comes around and, uh, during a riot and burns your car to the ground, there's no coverage for that. You're out of luck. Think about all those small businesses in the downtown areas that these people are burning. <laughs> I mean, you're, you, you, I, I, if you've ever been an entrepreneur and you had a small business, you know how difficult it is to do well in that, and you have it burned down in one night? Very, very disturbing. So the, the, the summation here, there's a lot of valuable information in your homeowner's policy that you don't know. I guarantee you the adjuster knows when you turn in a claim. He knows. How do I know he knows? I was an adjuster in my first few years in business for a big insurance company out in New York City. I know. I handle those things. So, the KPP Premium Newsletter comes out each Friday. It's easy for you to subscribe. You can do it directly through investtalk.com. And after subscribing, you'll see the full newsletter report come into your email box every Friday. Okay, let's pivot back to InvestTalk Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier. Hi, Stephen Justin. Long-time listener here from Minnesota. Love all the information you share with us. Thank you. I have a question on a fund that I've been looking at for a while. It's a consumer discretionary fund and um, feel it might be something good for future holding for long term. Uh, the ticker symbol is VCR, and I believe it pays a decent dividend, and um, just not quite sure if it's priced appropriately for what I'm getting, but its holdings has about almost 300 stocks in it, so I feel it covers the whole discretion, the whole consumer area, I guess, so... Look forward to hearing your answers on the show. Thank you. Yeah, it is an ETF that is tracking the um, the uh, consumer discretionary index. Okay, so it does have broad holdings. And during the economic expansion, usually discretionary spending, and that's all about what people have in their pocket extra to spend. Thanks. You have, you know, uh, you had staples, Consumer staples and then consumer discretionary. Staples are the things they have to buy. They have to buy soap. They have to buy diapers. They have to buy uh, things that deodorant. You know, those kinds of things. Discretionary is, th is anything else that they don't have to have. Those things 
are those are are usually uh, do very well during the economic expansion. And if you look at the track record of this thing, you'll see the COVID dip, then coming up out of the dip when the economy got back to going. See, so it's it's it does well if the economy does well. It does poorly when the economy does poorly. And lucky for you, the economy does well a lot more than it does poorly. Recessions are short. Economic expansions are long. Have been in history anyways. So, yeah, that you don't have to worry about the price. It's $318 a share because that just reflects the value of the stocks it holds. Now, it could split and drop that price down. It could do a 10-for-1 split, and it would be $31 a share. And you'd have 10, 10, 10 shares for every one share you had before. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if it if it doesn't split. I think it might. Okay, let's pivot back to well, we already did that. Uh, it is Friday, everybody, so people have questions. So being Friday, let's keep it going. Make it two in a row from eight eight eight. Hey guys, I had a question for you. Uh, so I'm interested in getting into waste management. But to me, it seems a little overvalued. So I wanted to know what you guys thought might be a good entry point. Thank you. Waste Management Inc., symbol WM, provides waste collection, disposable, recycling services in the United States and Canada. So they're a garbage truck company. Okay? I mean, you can clean it up and say waste management, but it's the garbage dump, dump companies, you know. It's just as simple as that. Um is it a good business? Actually, it's a very good business because it, you know, it's got durability. You think garbage is going to disappear? No. More people you have, more garbage you're going to have. Simple as that. They pay a one and a half percent dividend. They're growing about earnings twenty three percent this year, then another twelve percent next year. Sales have been sparking up twenty six percent the most recent quarter. Before that was sixteen. Before that was six. So generally, it doesn't have that much growth. It does not. It's a kind of a utility type of company. Pay, you know, so even though the dividend's 1.5%, you, you want to be able to buy it right. And I wouldn't buy it here because it's had a very good run. I mean, it's a $150 stock going to make $5.55. So what, 30 PE going forward? And that's the top of its range. So don't buy it here. This is, this is where you sell it or you cut back. Wait till it falls. It'll fall. Don't know when exactly, but it will. Okay, we have a live call um, on the line. Brandon from Seattle. How you doing, Brandon? Good. How are you doing, Steve? Good. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. No problem. Um, just quick question. I've been watching the ETF iClean, the Clean Energy, I-C-L-N, and seems it kind of stabilized here around the low 20s. Just wanted to see your take if maybe this would be a good entry point for long-term hold or still stay away from it due to high valuations. Well, on a trade, it definitely looks like it has based in the uh, the mid-23 or so, 21 to 23, somewhere in that range. It's been basing there for months. And that really, uh, from a charting point of view, that's a good thing. It's not going down. It's not. It's already. You know, basing means it's, it's chatting sideways. So it's the bottom is right around twenty fifty. I mean, it doesn't look like it ever wants to go below that. So I like that part on as far as a chart. Okay. Now before that, before basing, it had a good run up from the COVID low, low right? From eight dollars to thirty four dollars. Now it's 
they're basing in the $22 area, and that's what it is today, $22. So you look at what it does and look at what's inside it. So it follows the S&P, the Standards & Poor's Global Clean Energy Index. Well, let's talk about clean energy. Do you think clean energy is uh, on an upswing worldwide? This is global. Do you think clean energy is going to be more and more and more part of the solution for the energy we need worldwide? And my answer would be yes. So from a basic fundamental point of view, I think this is a good ETF to be in. Is this a good price? Uh, I'd like to look at it in the holdings before I give you that answer, but I'm not going to be able to. But it's, um, from a charting point of view, this is a good price to get in. It looks like it's stabilized right here. Yeah, if it goes sideways for a few more months, six months, another year, that's possible. But I don't think it's going to go down. I don't. Maybe in a recession, but I think it has a more probability going up than down because everybody's politically clean energy is the topic of the day, right? Everybody's talking about it. So I kind of like it. Appreciate the call. Thank you. 888-99-CHART. Okay. The number one reason why people say they can't save for retirement, they can't, the number one reason they give is debt. They borrow too much money. Okay. Now, that's no excuse. That's not an excuse. You can't, that's, you're the one that got the debt. You're the one that went into debt and you decided that to be going into debt is smarter than saving for your retirement. That's what you decided. If you can't save retirement and your reason is because of debt, you need to change your attitude. That is wrong thinking. Wrong. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here. That's to help you achieve financial freedom. And of course, the work will continue right after this break. Uh, so get your questions in now. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Stephen Justin, Chuck from Clayton. Love the show. I purchased IEC Electronics a while back, about $10 buy-in. They just got bought out or merged with Creation Technologies, and it shot up to $15.35. I've heard before, I've heard uh, you guys talk about when something like this happens, take the profits and run because it hasn't completed the merger yet, and it might go back down. And if you do it early, you usually lose maybe 10% of the final deal. My thought process on it was to uh, do about a 50-50, take about 50% out, get my profits, but leave about 50% in because I really like IECs as a company. What are your thoughts on that? Love the show. You listen to your answer on the podcast. Thanks. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that thinking. You're thinking there's nothing wrong with it, but... Just because you like IEC doesn't mean you like the company that bought them. Okay, so you really should look at the company that bought them and say, do you like that company? Because now IEC is going to be part of that company. 
Now, it could be a major part. And this is another question. Is it going to be a major part of the new company, you know, the combined company, or a minor part of the combined company? So will they get buried? They're, they're, the fact that you love them because you think they got great prospects and everything, is that going to be buried in a big corporate conglomerate kind of company? Well, then, then, then they're, 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 their efforts are not going to really show up much on the overall company. So why would you want to own the overall stock? So I would, if you like the company that merged with them or bought them, and you think that this this IEC company is going to add a lot to their bottom line, then yeah, there's nothing wrong with your thinking. Sell some, hold the rest. Okay, but generally, when company A buys company B, company A's price goes up, you take the profit. Because remember what can happen. It can't go up much higher because it's right at it's going to go. It can't won't go usually higher than the offering price. Usually it goes up to ninety percent. Okay, so all the good news is built in. What's the only news that can come out is the deal fails, or when they they start putting the deal together, they find out uh, uh, accounting, um, not say shenanigans, but accounting irregularities. Let's just call those things. The only things that can happen are bad news to drive the stock down, not up much. It can't. You know, the only time that stock went one company A buys company B, the only way company A stocks can go up after that purchase and before it's, the deal's consummated is if another someone else comes with another bid to, to outbid them. That's possible. I've seen it. Just not rare. I mean, just not common. It's rare. So I take it, be happy, and be gone. That's what I would do. Okay, how much money should you say have? How much? Let me rephrase that. How much should your net worth be in your twenties? What is the average? What's the median? Okay, the average is ninety six thousand dollars. That net worth in your twenties, and the median is ten thousand. I think the median is more meaningful. Why? Because they're, we're talking about people in their twenties, thirties, forties, fifties. What about all those people that got, you know, money given to them by their parents, their multimillionaire, billionaire parents? Okay, so I think median is more accurate as far as what it, what you should have. 30s, the median is 88,000. In your 40s, 260,000. In your 50s, 439,000. In your 60s, 608,000. This is your net worth now. This includes your house. Okay. 70s, 538, so you go down in the 70s. And then you go down in your 80s, too, 451, and down in your 90s, 397, which may make sense because you're using your nest egg, right? You're starting to, you're not working anymore. So those are the numbers of median, median net worth. I thought that was interesting. I thought I'd share that with you. Oh. We're done. Oh, geez. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Invest Out program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family about the show. It's free. All of our podcasts are downloaded for free. You can get them at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and InvestTalk.com. And if you do download from iTunes, we would appreciate you rating the show. What do you think about it? It helps. It helps us, and we appreciate that. 
You can browse by podcast topics. Uh, for example, you know, any kind of topic. Treasury yields, debt, inflation, the U.S. labor market, whatever. So I think that's good, kind of a nice tool. Independent thinking, share success. This is Invest Talk. Enjoy your weekend. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial.